Today's shiur, please take note, begins at the bottom of Daf Ayin Tes Omid Beis, six lines from the bottom. You see a Dibor Maschel from the Mishnah Im Erchatz. We saw in our Mishnah a Machlokas Tanakama and Rabbi if a vow that a woman takes not to bathe is considered a vow of Inui Nefesh. Before we begin the actual Gemara text, we glance at the side of the Gemara. We have a Nosei Mivne heading. Nosei, the topic heading, Mivne, structural note. You'll notice the double underline, one of our series markings. So we've indicated that the double underline that you'll see that starts here in our Gemara and continues down Daf Pei Omid Aleph, and you'll see it, as I say, continues. This represents Shlavim. These are stages. Lahazbir be'eza loshon nodra be'inyan im erchatz. What language did she actually use? What was the text of her vow when she said im erchatz deboi hafora that would require if the husband should so desire annulment? Rabbi Yosi and Rabbi would disagree. So you can see as you look ahead, as we mentioned, you'll see there are three stages in presenting this. Hechi Koomar. What did the woman say? If she vowed that the fruits of the world will be usur, will be forbidden to her if she should bathe, Loma Law Hafara. What's the why is there any need for the husband's involvement in, in terms of annulment. Lo tirchatz, velo litzeron perois oilamala. Let her simply not bathe. And with that, so the fruits of the world are not going to be prohibited to her. Viod, another objection to this suggestion is, Behaldemo Rabiosi, would Rabiosi say regarding this text? This suggested text, Ein Elu Nidre Inui Nefesh, that there is no Inui Nefesh involved over here. Dilma Rachatza, she might bathe its Ruperos and the fruits of the world will be usher to her. So, how can Rabbiosi suggest that this, there is no element of Inui Nefesh over here, when in fact, Inui Nefesh, the woman experiencing suffering, would be uh, realized if, in fact, she does bathe. So the suggested text of Kainam Perus Oila Molai Imerchatz is uh, not accepted by the Gemara. Ve'ela, we continue at the top of Daf Pei. Ve'ela the Amra, rather, she said, and take note of the fact that we have a long marking here. So the suggestion is, she said, "Kainum hanoas rochitza alai laoilom im erchatz." She prohibits the pleasure, the benefits of bathing on her forever if she bathes. Mishumhachi mefer law. Because of this, the husband would have to annul the vow if he should so desire. The hechitavid. What should she do? Tirchatz, if she bathes, mitzura hanoas ruchitzala, then the pleasure and benefit of bathing will be usur, will be prohibited to her. Lo tirchatz, if she should take the uh, route of not 
bathing in order to, we'll say, fulfill the condition, the tenai, then is law nivla. She will become disgusting. A woman who lives a life without any bathing. So the husband, in order to relieve her of this vow, uh, he would have to annul. There is, she has no option, as we just said. If, if she takes the option of bathing, so then she'll be in violation of the vow. If she doesn't bathe, so she'll become disgusting. Rabiosi Savar, Efshir Delorochatza, Rabiosi takes the approach that, well, it's it's possible for her not to bathe. And for her becoming disgusting, this is not something that is of any concern. We don't concern ourselves with that. As far as Rabiosi is concerned, as we saw in the Mishnah, uh, this is not in the realm of Inui Nefesh, of uh, personal suffering. The Gemara asks, if this is the explanation of the Mishnah, then listen hachi. The text should have read thusly, Rabbi Yossi Yoimer, Tnai ze ein boy inui nefesh. The condition of this vow doesn't have within it an element of inui nefesh. The Ran explains what is really bothering the Gemara. So we look together at the Ran on the third of the widest lines. The Rabbeinu Yona explains Now that the Mishnah states This was the actual text of our Mishnah It implies the Mishum She'ein Haneder Inui Nefesh Lo Yofer Because the the text of the neder, the vow itself, in contrast to the condition, the condition is reflected by the term im, im erchatz in our case. By, uh, I should say, by the um, Mishnah saying, ein elu nidre inui nefesh, it creates the impression that the reason there is no need for annulment is because the body of the vow is not one of inui nefesh, according to Rabiosi. And therefore, lo yofir, it's not within the realm of the husband to annul. Aval im nodra midi diis be inui nefesh yofir. However, had the vow been one of inui nefesh, as we'll see very shortly, uh, the example of she prohibits upon herself the fruits of the world, then yofir, then the husband would be able to be mefer. Valeso, and that is simply not true. See, the, the language of the Mishnah, if you're going to use this explanation, the number two explanation, is going to be misleading. The kevon de leko inui nefesh, since in the condition part of the vow, namely im erchatz, the issue of non-bathing is not an inui nefesh issue, according to Rabbi Yossi. Afilu nodru beperos oilam lo yofer. Had she, let us say, vowed, uh, prohibited be upon me the fruits of the Lord if I bathe. The husband will not be able to annul that. As it said at the beginning of our discussion, 
Why should there be any hafara? Let her not bathe and thereby avoid the prohibition of the fruits of the world. So, if we use this explanation, then the number two explanation, namely, then the Mishnah should have said that Rabbi Yossi says this kind of condition doesn't require uh, or uh, the, does not lend itself to hafora. By the Mishnah stating as it does that ain ain elu nidre inu nefesh without emphasizing the tanai aspect, you're leaving us to believe that if we would change the the, the text of the the basic vow then the husband would be able to be mefer. And that is not true. Therefore, we continue. Elo di Amra, the woman said, Hanoas rechitza olai lo'ilam im erchatz hayom. She prohibits upon herself the benefit of bathing forever if she bathes today. Now there's a big turnaround in this presentation, in this number three stage. And let's we glance at Rashi, who says, In fact, Rechitza, bathing, is related to Inui Nefesh. Our Mishnah, where Rabbi Yossi said, uh, as, a re, as a reaction to the Tanakama, who spoke about Rechitza, and Rabbi Yossi says, Ein elu nidre inui nefesh, it's talking as follows. Where she prohibits the benefit of bathing if she bathes today. The reason that there is no element of inui nefesh here is the lo nefesh. She, she isn't going to come to a situation of actual suffering. Let her simply not bathe today, as the condition says, and she will thereby avoid the prohibition of the benefits of bathing. There's only the problem of being um, uh, uncomely or disgusting uh, repulsive just for the day after, after the day passes she can bathe whenever she wants the Gomorrah continues Rabbi Sovar, as we just saw in the Rashi Rabbi holds Nivol Dechadyoima Lo Shmei Nivol so at this point the, when the uh, Mishnah spoke about the vow of Im Erchatz, and Rabbi reacts to that as saying, Ein elu, nefesh, what she really said was what we see here in Suggestion 3. She prohibited upon herself permanently the benefits of bathing if she bathes today. And with regard to that, Rabbi says, the Baal, the husband doesn't, uh, is not going to be made. The, the husband cannot annul that because it doesn't get her into uh, a problem of Inuit Nefesh as a, as a result simply of being one day uh, without bathing. We continue now at the top of Omid Bays. Shonis Imerchatz. 
Kshanis means we've explained what the Mishnah uh, meant when it said that a woman vows using the expression im erchatz. What about the expression im lo erchatz that we found in the Mishnah? Hechi domi. What did she say there? Again, we have a marking, and on the side of more you see the no say, the heading, the um, double underline with, with lettering Aleph, Bays, and Gimel. Gimel Shlavim, three stages, What did the lady say when she used that expression? The mission is quite terse, as we just saw, and here too we need an explanation, we need an elaboration on what was said. So the Gemara continues, If you're going to suggest that she said, Titzar Hanoas Rechitza Le'olom Olai Imlo Erchatzayom I prohibit upon myself the benefits of bathing permanently if I do not bathe today. And the Tanakama would have said to that that the Baal is Mefer. So we say, Loma Lo Hafara. Why is there any need for the Baal to do Hafara? Why does he have to annul that? Tit Sechi. Let her bathe today. When is the prohibition going to set in if she doesn't bathe today? So we tell the lady, bathe today and thereby avoid the vow from taking hold. So why does the husband have to get involved? Omar Rav so stage 2 the Umrah, what she said is Hanoas Ruchitz Olayli Oilom Imlo Erchatz Bemei Mashra I prohibit upon myself the benefits of bathing permanently if I don't bathe in flax water. May mashra. Mashra literally means it's soaking in the preparation of linens. So the first stage after you harvest the flax is the flax plant, the flax reed is soaked in water. Now that water becomes disgusting. A, uh, a very, very, a very foul odor um, is uh, emitted therefrom. So, of course, uh, if the uh, the, the woman's vow was conditional upon her bathing in the May Mashra, so the husband would have to annul that in order for her uh, to avoid that experience. The Gemara asks, if that's the text, and, and the, by the way, you noticed in this text the Im Lo Erchatz expression, Im Lo Erchatz May Mashra, the Mishnah was referring to this case. The Gemara, though, asks, the say, if, as you continue reading in the Mishnah, the Katani, it taught another example, Imlo es kashet. So, you, as is the case with Mishnahis, we like we like to maintain a certain type of parallel between the examples or the cases. So, in this case, Imlo es kashet, if I don't adorn myself, I don't beautify myself, what was she saying? Then, Imlo es kashet beneft, the parallel to the bathing in May Mashra would be that she uh, prohibited upon herself the benefits of cosmetics if she doesn't uh, adorn herself with fuel, with neft, uh, kerosene. Well, lichluchu, that is simple dirt. Lichluch is filth. That's not in the category of adornment, of kishut, so that the use of neft uh, in this context wouldn't fit into the words of the Mishnah to begin with. So, if we're going to 
explain the, the in Lo Erchat's expression of the Mishnah being a condition um, featuring May Mashra, we don't find a way to continue in the study or the presentation of the Mishnah with regard to the Lo Im Lo phrase. Therefore, we go to stage three. Omar Rav Yudah, the Omra, the woman said, regarding the Imlo Erchatz, she said as follows, Hanoas Ruchitza Le'olom Alai, she prohibits upon herself the uh, benefits of bathing, Im Erchatz Hayom, if I should bathe today, Ushvua Shalo Erchatz, and here you have the negation, the Shalo Erchatz, and it's, we point out, Rashi points out, that contrary to the way we've been approaching the Mishnah till now, namely Im Erchatz and in Im Lo Erchatz are two separate cases, stage three, that is Rav Yehuda here is saying they're not two separate cases, it's one text. And as we read, Hanos Im she is prohibiting through a vow permanent benefit from bathing if she bathes today. So at that stage, uh, she would have to avoid bathing. And then she swears, Shvua Shalo Erchatz. She swears not to bathe. Regarding that, the Tanakama would say that the husband has to be Mayfair if he, you know, that type of vow needs Hafora. Likewise, Hanoas Kishut Olai Lo'olom Im Eskashet Hayom The benefits of cosmetics she prohibits upon herself permanently if she puts on cosmetics today Ushvua Shalo Eskashet and she swears not to put on cosmetics. Omar Lei Ravina Ravashi. So Upon hearing this suggestion, Ravina asks, Hi, Elunidorum u Shvuos mi Misni. Then the the text of the Mishnah should have been these are the Nidorum, these are the vows and oaths. And yet the Mishnah doesn't read like that. Omarlay. So approach number one to this question, you have Ravashi answering. Tani, so understand the Mishnah as Elunidorum u Shvuos. So that even though the Mishnah says Elu Nidorim She Yeshbam Inui Nefesh, nevertheless understand this we'll say addition, namely Elu Nidorim, or actually the uh, the uh, Mishnah that said Elu Nidorim Shuhu Mefer, it should have said Elu Nidorim Ushvuas Shuhu Mefer. The Eboyas Amar, another approach to answering the question that Ravino raised. Shvuos nami hainu nedarim. Ravino had asked, shouldn't the Mishnah then read elu nedarim ushvuos? Answer number two says no need for that because the term shvuos is included in the term nedarim. Nedarim is a type of umbrella expression. Desnan, as we have learned elsewhere, kenidre rishoyim. If a person says that he is accepting upon himself, like the nidre rishoyim. What is he bound to? Nodar, benozir, ubekorban, ubeshvua. By having vowed thusly, he is considered having taken upon himself nazirus, obligating himself in bringing a sacrifice, 
and is bound by an oath. So that you see, by using the expression kenidre, you're binding yourself to an oath as well. Before we continue, we glance at the side, we have a no say, a topic heading. If Rechitza is considered Inui Nefesh according to the Tanakama, then why on Yom Kippur, where you see in the Torah the same expression, Inui, Tanu Esnaf Sheisechem, the Pesach says, why then do we know that in Yom Kippur violation, one is considered guilty of a Kores punishment only if he eats or drinks, or of course does Malacha, does some type of creative activity. However, for bathing, there is no Kores punishment. The Gemara. Now, note we have a long question, followed by a long answer. The Omru Rabbonon, Rechitsa Ispa Inui Nefesh Kilo Rochatsa. According to the Rabbonon, the Tanakam in our Mishnah, there is a um, an Inui element in one who does not bathe. It's called, according to the Chachomim, the non-bathing is called Inui Nefesh, and hence it's within the realm of the husband's ability to annul. The Romini, we raise a seeming contradiction from the topic of Yom Kippur. It says in the Tanaic source, even though one on Yom Kippur is prohibited from a number of different uh, actions, uh, in, besides the eating and drinking, he's prohibited in bathing, in uh, anointing him, smearing uh, creams on himself, uh, wearing shoes, um, um, intimacy with one's spouse. So even though all of those are prohibited on Yom Kippur, the kores penalty applies only to eating, drinking, and performance of malachas. amris if you're going to say that non-bathing results, according to the Tanakama of our Mishnah in Inui, on Yom Kippur, if one were to bathe, they should be Chayev Kores for that as well. Omar Rava, note the long answer, and the text adds, it's true that Ruchitza is called Inui with regard to Yom Kippur. However, you have to study the Psukim in their context. And with that, you'll under- appreciate the difference between Yom Kippur and what results in Kores versus Nidorim and what is considered Inui. We've highlighted the two topics using a trapezoid as the Mivneh explanation on the side indicates, the Chiluk Bein Nidorim Liyom Kippur. So we explain as follows. Gabi Yom HaKippurim, Dichtiv Ta'anu Es Nafsho Sechem. On Yom Kippur, where this expression appears, Ta'an, that's what the Pesach says, Ta'anu Es Nafsho Sechem. Milsa Diyoda Inuya Hashta. The grammar, the linguistics of this Pesach convey the idea of immediate uh, deprivation or suffering. That is the kind of inui that results in kores. 
And what is that? Well, not eating, not drinking. This is something a person is accustomed to doing uh, several times a day even. So the self-deprivation, which is demanded of a person on Yom Kippur from those actions, result in an immediate feeling of suffering. It's an immediate feeling, meaning on that very day you feel the deprivation. Non-bathing, true, it might be called inui, but it's not of an immediate nature. If one doesn't bathe uh, today, that doesn't mean that later that day he's going to feel the deprivation, the, 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 the pain or suffering of that. However, with regard to nedorim, it says, Kol neder nefesh. Now this expression, la'anois nefesh, milsa de asya lidei inui. This is a reference to something that is mashmite, implies something in the future, something that will lead to a feeling of suffering, a feeling of pain. V'chilo rochatso asya lidei inui. When a person doesn't bathe, in this case, when the woman doesn't bathe, the non-bathing will come to a feeling of, 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 of pain, of, dis, of extreme discomfort. So, therefore, the non-bathing vow falls in the realm of those vows that we call inui nefesh, that a husband has jurisdiction over, and hence can annul. As you can see, we have a slash mark, which indicates that that which follows is a new trend of thought. On the side of the more we have a nosei topic heading, in which we've written... Biur Shitas Rabiosi, we're going to focus and clarify Biur's to clarify Rabiosi's opinion. Kan Rabiosi served the Rechitza Lesbo Mishuminu Nefesh. Here, in our Mishnah, uh, we get the uh, feeling that uh, Rabiosi holds that non bathing is not a, an issue of Inui Nefesh. Mokamach, here in another place, Rabiosi Oimer, to Kvisa, the Begodim, the washing of clothing, Ispa Mishum Tsar is something that is related to pain, which is equ- the equivalent of inui nefesh. Mashma de kol will say the, the non-washing uh, of clothing falls in the realm of tsar. So all the more so, the thinking is right now, all the more so, the, the lack of bathing, of bodily bathing, should be considered tsar or inui nefesh. So, now let's see the issue. Note that we have a long question taking us to the top line of Daf Pei Aleph and Alpha. We have a Tanaic source. It features a stream of water, a live stream, which emanates from uh, one town, and it flows downstream, running by or within another community. We're going to see in this source uh, an, uh, a situation where the, the amount of water that flows in this stream is somewhat limited. Uh, the Gemara. Verami de Rabiosi Let us present the, a stira, a, a seeming contradiction within the opinion of Rabiosi. Up till now, in our Mishnah, Rabiosi was presented as someone holding that Rechitza does not come in the realm of Inui Nefesh. Mayon Shabbenei Ha'ir. Chayehan V'chayacherim. There is a limited amount of water. It's a, a type of either-or situation. It's either the people from uh, that are uh, close to the origin of the stream will have for their own drinking purposes, 
uh, or the drinking purposes of some of the community downstream. Who gets the water? They can, in effect, dam up the stream at the at the low end of their community, and uh, all. And that's based on this idea that their their own life, their own self preservation, comes before that of others. We take a look at Rashi, who expounds on this a bit. Uh, Rashi toward the end of the narrow lines. Mayon shel a stream that flows from one community to another. And there's only enough water for the first community. It is within their power to stop it, to dam it up. That it should not flow downstream to the next community. Because the water, in effect, is theirs, the community from which the stream originates. And it's in their it's in their domain. And as a result, their life comes before the life of others. We continue in the uh, Gemara. Behemton u'behemasacherim. If, let us say, there is enough water for themselves and for the people downstream. However, there is not enough in the balance for the animals of the people downstream as well. So we have a quantity of water emanating from this stream that's enough to provide the drinking needs of the two communities and the animals of the of the people upstream. That's the case here. Behemton behemton The animals' welfare of the people upstream uh, come before the benefit of the animals of the people downstream. Using the same model, and here we're going into a, a third need of water, and that is for the washing of clothing. So the uh, people upstream preempt those of the people downstream with regard to the bathing, the washing of clothing. Now we have a new combination, Chaye Achirim. Here you have uh, people upstream that have enough water for their needs, including their clothing washing. However, if they use the water for their clothing washing, it's going to come at the expense of the chayachim, of the drinking of the people downstream. So the first opinion says, the drinking needs of the people downstream come before the clothing washing of the people upstream. Rabbi and here we really want to focus on Rabbi and that's why we've dashed underline his name. He says, He says, the, bathing, the washing of clothing, the clothing washing needs of the people upstream come before 
the drinking needs of the people downstream. And now you can make the following Kalvachomer. Hashtok Visom Rabiosi Yeshbatsar. Now we're saying that the non washing of clothing would lead to pain. And therefore, according to Rabiosi, the people upstream are able to preempt those downstream, even if it's a matter of their drinking needs. And here we're talking only about clothing washing. The Gemara continues at the top of Pei Aleph Amad Aleph. Guf Kulo Lo Kolshikain. Entire body washing all the more so. So you see that in Rabiosi's worldview, bathing is considered a very, very significant form, or I should say the lack thereof, a very significant form of Inui. How then can Rabiosi, before, namely in our Mishnah, be uh, portrayed as someone that says that Inu, that Mechitza doesn't get into the realm of Inui Nefesh? The Gemara answers. And it says, it, it, the answer basically is saying that the assumption that we made is incorrect. Amri in Kavisa Alima Rabiosi. The non washing of clothing is in fact a more significant concern than the body washing of a person. The Omar Shmuel, Hai Ibuvia, the Rashim. Actually, before we go on, let's just review the last point. And as a result of this, you can see that Rav Yossi gets very, we'll say, very uh, serious when it comes to the issue of washing clothing. But with regard to body washing, it's not such a serious matter. And hence, there's no contradiction between uh, our Mishnah, which has Rabbi Yossi holding that Rechitza Einbo Mishuminu Nefesh, and this Tanaic source, which agrees, Rabbi Yossi will say that body washing is Einbo Mishuminu Nefesh. Kavisa is a different story. Kavisa washing of clothing is a different story. And the uh, ability to see this difference is illustrated in the following couple of lines, uh, where Shmuel presents a number of examples of situations where there's a non-washing, non-bathing of. So, Shmuel said, Shmuel hai ir buvisa deresha, masya lidei avira. If you look in the Ran commentary, three lines from the top, ar buvisa deresha, kishenu misarek roshi tomid umitokach ika ar buvisa deresha. person doesn't comb his hair and as a result, it's a lot of dirt and debris that accumulates in one's hair. So this can lead to blindness so that the filth in one's hair uh, diminishes one's eyesight number two arbuvisa demoni again the word arbuvisa with all that it implies and here what's when the when filth accumulates in money in clothing masya lede shamumisa this can lead to a person losing his mind shamumisa is uh a person, as we would say in the more colloquial terms, a person can be can go crazy. And Abuvisa de Gufa, this is the filth accumulated on one's body as a result of non-body bathing. Masyo lide shikani This could lead to uh, boils 
and sores on a person's body. And here we have to emphasize that which you can find in Rashi, that shiamumisa, uh, uh, mental craziness, is worse than this uh, physical discomfort, physical pain uh, experienced through uh, boils and sores. And the Ran explains boils and sores have uh, potions, have therapeutic um, methods to alleviate their pain. But uh, when it comes to mental disorders, that is much a much more difficult, uh, possibly insoluble issue. Hence, as we said before, uh, Rabbi Yossi uh, holds like this uh, teaching of Shmuel that non-washing of clothing is a more serious matter than non-body washing. Shochu mitam, a message was sent from there, that hizaru b'arbuvisa, hizaru b'chabura, hizaru b'vnei aniyim, that one should care not to um, experience arbuvisa. We explained already the issue of uh, washing of clothing and bathing. One should be careful to uh, wash and bathe and be careful of chabura. What does that mean? Hizaru b'chabura. So we look at the Ran, Hizar Bechabura, Lelame Torah Bechabura, to one should be diligent. Hizaro mean, can be careful or be diligent in teaching Torah uh, in a group. Shatalmidim Mechadidim Zeh Zeh Vesarav. Teaching Torah to students ends up with each student becoming sharper as a result, and the instructor himself increases his sharpness. And the third message that was part of the message of Sholchul Mitam that uh, was sent from there, from Eretz Yisrael, was one should uh, note, be careful, give proper honor to the children of the poor. Bivnei why? Shemehem from them comes forth Torah. Shemar, the Posik says, Yizal Mayim Midolyo. That's the Posik itself. And the word Dal is a reference to the impoverished. Midalin, the Midalio means in this drosha means from the poor. Uh, there will there will run forth water. Water is compared to Torah. Torah, I should say, is compared to water. Shemehen teitzei Torah. The uh, rush, the uh, the Ran commentary here says, Torah be diligent, make, make all efforts to teach the children of the poor Torah. From them, you'll find Torah greatness. So they have no other preoccupation. And furthermore, they are, uh, generally speaking, a, a more uh, humble than others. Come from uh, humble uh, surroundings, a humble environment. So they themselves are humble, and humility is uh, one of, if not the most important ingredient, most important attribute in order to achieve Torah greatness. Of course, the greatest of the um, of the humble was Moshe Rabbeinu, who, of course, is the greatest of our Torah personalities. With that, we conclude our shiur for today.